episode 210 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. It's been a couple weeks and I'm thrilled to be back. I was on vacation. I'm going to talk a little bit about my vacation. I'm going to talk about how it's possible a week ago was one of the best music release days of all time. I'm also going to talk about inspiration and I'm going to begin the show talking about it as well. What inspires you? We live in this non-stop, fast-paced world where on the surface it appears like people or corporations are inspiring you. But inspiration is actually a part of creativity. You know, so what is inspiring you to not buy something? What is inspiring you to become an active participant of society? What is inspiring you to be creative, to try something new? And I've been feeling really inspired the last few weeks. And I think it's not only the vacation that I went on, but I've been listening to some fantastic music, which I'm going to get into later in the show. But I've also been reading an incredible book, a memoir by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I want to read a little bit of it to you right now, just, just the beginning. I found it to be really profound and quote-unquote inspiring. And, I, and it's funny, I, I think one of my issues with a lot of the yoga teachers in the world, it's it, not even just yoga teachers, how often is a post on Instagram to, to, to try and quote-unquote inspire you or it feels like maybe somebody has your best interests or wants you to try something but then at the very bottom, it's click on this, click on this to purchase, click on this to buy, click on this to get a 30% discount now. When is something not to get you to buy something, but to actually improve or expand your life, your perspective? In this book that I'm reading right now by Flea, I mean, sure, he wants to sell some copies, but it's truly inspiring. And this is from Flea. All my life has been a search for my highest self and a journey to the depths of spirit. Too often distracted by the competitive world and tripping over my own foolish ego feet, but driven by the beauty I keep trying and I stay the course trying to let go and feel the truth of this moment. This burning thing inside has kept me always curious, always seeking, yearning for something more, always on the endless search to merge with infinite spirit using whatever tools are available. And it has taken me into wild situations in my life, including bizarre and self-destructive places because I have not been able to understand it or control it. However, it burns and burns, and I learn and I learn. My greatest hope is that I am compelled forward. This book will be an integral part of my journey. I have no choice but to let the wild inhaling and exhaling of the gods push me relentlessly ahead and to always surrender, come what may, to the divine and cosmic rhythm, on and on, to the break of dawn. And then he ends this section. I think this is great. 
I can only write and hope, hope to arise from the muddy depths of this process, clear and cleansed, laser beams shooting from my eyeballs, holding the sunken treasure aloft. I speak only for myself. I hope my book can be a song. Being famous don't mean shit. Yeah, I, I find we are so misdirected by the pulse of technology, by society. I was online earlier today and reading millions of people are watching the Johnny Depp trial. Millions. Why do we care? Why do we lionize actors and why do we care so much about the frivolous details of somebody that we may never even meet because we think they're a good actor or they're good looking? Where does this curiosity come from? How much time is wasted on the drivel and the nonsense? I also want to read a post from Lee Hester, a friend of mine on Facebook. He's a musician. I get the sense he's been dealing with quite a bit of health issues the last couple of years. I, I think I might reach out to him and have him on my show, but I found this to be profound as well. It's been really hard to find a path to self-promotion when there is a war and in innocent people that are being murdered by the thousands, when our own country is breathing so much hate into the air, when I just get so tired of hearing, quote-unquote, me, me, me everywhere, when everything seems to be falling apart and not enough of us are fighting to keep it together, when I feel helpless but I want to help. Man, this shit is hard. And I think about my son and his point of view, his experiences and how he is being impacted at his age. So I'm just going to write love songs to the world, to my friends and family, and to my son. I don't know what else to do. And I often feel very alone in my perspective on the world. Um, the, narcissistic, the, the, the narcissistic qualities that are permeating throughout our society that are promulgated by these tools that we use. And yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, talking about my own thoughts, but it's really from a place of, of curiosity and, and wanting a better world and a, a more empathetic world where we listen and we are staring at people in the face and the eyes and, and we're talking and there's a 360 three-dimensional world where we're feeling and we're listening and we're talking, we're laughing, and, and it does feel like if you're not careful, if you're not self-aware, it's so easy to be tricked by the dopamine-filled, distraction-laced devices be it technology, social media, the news media now. I, I lump them all in together. Last point here, ESPN. I, I used to love ESPN. Sports, I love. They have hired Patrick Beverly to be a commentator for the NBA on their channel. Patrick Beverly, talented guy, plays great defense, but he's also sort of a clown. And he... he sort of gets underneath people's skin, causes a lot of ruckus on the court. He's a great defender. He's sort of a pest. 
but he's also sort of very loud-mouthed and um, very opinionated. But, but beyond just being opinionated, he's always trying to cause a little bit of trouble. And in my mind, ESPN is bringing him on because he's going to say ridiculous nonsense. He's going to stoke the flame a bit, stoke the fire, cause a little controversy. But is he going to give honest or is he going to give, is he going to give objective, meaningful commentary about the NBA? No. So ESPN, CNN, Fox, we are all contributing to this phantasmagoric blur of nonsense. Part of the reason I've had a delay here in speaking with you all is, is I was away in Kauai for about six days celebrating my birthday. Never been to Kauai before. I've been to Maui. I've been to Hawaii, but it's been over 20 years, probably like 25 years since I've been. And I don't know how to explain such a joyous, wonderful vacation. First trip in, in two years. I think I've really been reflecting a lot about just what, what we focus on and what's important. And, and what do we value? I had lunch yesterday with a friend of mine, and we talked about that a little bit as we're getting older. I guess the, the allegory I'll use or the example I'll use here is, you know, we were talking about Joe Rogan, and we both like Joe Rogan, but his podcasts are, you know, over three and a half hours. And often the first hour, and I, and I understand Joe is... is he has a method to his madness, quote unquote, and he's trying to get his guests to feel comfortable. But the first hour is often just two guys literally just shooting the shit about virtually nothing. And it's, it's like how much of our time is spent thinking about the minutia? You know, what, what is really valuable? I was really reminded being away in Kauai about how important it is to, to travel and, and explore new areas, cultures, getting out of your quote-unquote bubble, not reading about the news, just submerging yourself literally into new water. I, I went snorkeling for the first time in like 20 years, and I felt like I was in an aquarium. There was a sea turtle that was swimming literally like a foot away from me in the water. What do we value? I don't want to say too much here because this could sound, you know, political, but I'm recording this. Uh, again, it, it's, it's, well, it's funny before I even say what I'm going to say. It's funny how everything has turned political. But, you know, I'm recording this and it was the shooting that just happened in Buffalo just a couple days ago. And if, I, you know, I turned on the news on CNN, Fox, and, you know, people are pointing fingers here, there. I don't think we value life. I, I think they want to give you the impression that they do. I think we take for granted how fast our lives move or how ephemeral our lives are. I think we take for granted how fragile we are. I think our 
priorities are sort of all screwed up also. It's interesting, you know, I have this pretty hyperbolic reaction to flying. I, I feel a pretty deep sense of anxiety when I fly and especially over, you know, a large body of water from flying from LA to Hawaii and then, you know, Kauai and then coming back. I feel unsettled by the turbulence. And then, of course, also I think, gosh, I'm flying over water for five hours. Let's say, you know, I go here. I go, like, let's say I start having heart palpitations or let's say one of the pilots has a stroke or, you know, let's let's say some emergency happens and, you know, we're three, four hours away from land and there's not much you can do. And there's a lot of symbolism here because, you know, so often in our life, we, we strive to be in control. And so I, my point here is, is that, you know, I feel these, these sort of ridiculous fears about flying because flying is by far the safest mode of travel. And we come back and we're in LA and we're in this cab and he is just zipping and flying down the freeway, down the streets. And after like five, 10 minutes, I, I say to him, I go, you know, do you mind slowing down? And I could tell he was offended, but it's like, I don't want to go on vacation for six days and get into a fucking car accident. It's like, slow the fuck down. And that moment right there, that moment right there, it made me realize how ridiculous my fear of flying is. Like 20 to 30,000 flights take off and land every day. And there's never an incident. I mean, sure, a plane may be late, but it's like we have become so spoiled as a culture that we get so pissed off if, if the flight is, you know, a half hour late or an hour late. It's like it's a freaking miracle that we're able to fly and go anywhere. Like five to ten hours later, you can be in Australia, you can be in Rome, you can be in Hawaii. You can see the world. You can go anywhere. And yet it's like my brain has been tricked into being scared of flying. I mean, I was just completely reminded about how important it is to travel, see new cultures, experience new cultures, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your bubble. And just, just, and then, you know, being in that car, it's like a million people die every year in a car crash. More people are on their cell phones. Screens are bigger in cars, you know, and then we have this this um, horrific shooting in Buffalo. And people are saying, it's this, it's that. It's like, it's pretty simple. We don't value our lives. We take them for granted. We don't treat each other with love and respect. And I was listening to Sandra Oh on Mark Maron's podcast, which was fantastic. And she's Canadian. You know, the other thing, there's just so many gosh darn guns. Guns are everywhere. Like, you know why there's so many killings? Such easy access to guns. And then if you multiply or add, if, if you combine that with this hypnotic, frenetic pace at which information is, is sent at us, the inflammatory information that people read every day, and then people are feeling isolated, people are on their cell phones, people are anxious. It's like, no wonder there's, there's so many tragedies around guns. 
and so many violent tragedies. And then the, the almost pornographic nature at which violence is portrayed on television. And it's, it's weird. It's, if, if travel was promoted, if, if seeing new cultures was promoted, if, if this idea of listening and respecting people and showing empathy being reminded of, of the five senses, tasting new food, listening to new music. It's, it's sort of, I, I just, I, uh, as I was sort of contemplating life over the last couple of weeks and, and even analyzing my life and what I pay attention to and what I value, I think we're all being tricked. We're all being drawn away from, from what's, really, what's really valuable in our lives. Which leads me to another segment here that I, I found interesting. You know, I recorded a podcast at the very beginning. I probably had no idea what the hell I was doing. Where I was comparing the 80s, or rather, no, I was comparing the ni- I was comparing the 90s to present day. And the analogy was basically, I brought up Kurt Cobain and, and his death. And how traumatic it was and, and depressing. And, and we all sort of lived through the experience for at least a few weeks because we weren't distracted by minutia and sort of the ridiculousness of, of social media and, and news media and the bombardment of information that's flooded us, flooded at us every day. You know, we really had to live with something. So I was sort of comparing that to this, this generation of now where people can't sit still. So I don't know if you are even aware of this. You might not. I'm I'm a big music fan. And this last Friday, I would argue that one of the greatest music release days of all time happened. We had a new record from the band The Smile, which is, you know, two members of Radiohead formed a new band. Kendrick Lamar put out a new record. The Black Keys put out a new record. The Chainsmokers. And then like a week ago, we have a new Ryan Adams record, which was fantastic. There's a new Sharon Van Etten record that just came out. Um, Arcade Fire just put out a record about a week ago. But back to, back to three days ago, I would argue that it's, it's one of the greatest music release, release days of all time. And music historians often refer to September 24th, 1991 as another one of those sort of infamous music release days where we had Nevermind from Nirvana, Blood Sugar Sex Magic from the Bread Hot Chili Peppers, we have the Pixies, and A Tribe Called Quest released a record all on that day. And it's, it's interesting, but I don't think people even care or, or, or are aware that we have some, inc- like, like it's, it's interesting. I've argued that art isn't as, as good as it used to be, but I, I'm starting to think that my hypothesis is either wrong or something has shifted over the last six months, or at least something that I've noticed. It, it feels like art now, maybe it's actually better than ever. Severance, 
incredible TV show. The new Amy Schumer show, I think, is fantastic. Been watching Snowfall, incredible. The latest season of Ozark, I think, is really good. Is it perfect? No, but but it's really well done. And then this the music that just came out a few days ago. And then a friend of mine from college, we, we just started this sort of this playlist on Spotify and I'm listening to some of the music that he suggested. And, and it's like, maybe art is actually better than ever. But, you know, again, my friend from college and I were talking a few days ago because we're all so distracted because we're all led down these algorithmic paths. It's like, we're all individually being spoon fed the perfect algorithmic um, soup bowl of, of, of entertainment. But you know what it's lacking? It's lacking community. Like, d- does anybody out there care that The Smile put out a record with Tom York and Johnny Greenwood? Does Kendrick Lamar just put out a record that's... I don't know if it's as good as Damn, but... The production is surreal. Like, I, like I don't think I've heard a record like this in in years. I, I can't even begin to just to, to describe the the details and the drum programming and and, and what he's done on that record. Um, the Chainsmokers put out a record that's great. The Black Keys put out another record that's fantastic. It's like we are all on our individual paths of entertainment that we're not in this community where we're all sharing this, this incredible piece of art together. And sure, you know, maybe five to 10,000 people in LA next week will, you know, go to a Kendrick Lamar show or a Black Keys show, and you'll sort of have that two-hour moment together, quote-unquote, but there is sort of this cultural phenomenon that happened in the 90s with hip-hop and the grunge scene. Um... I don't think we're ever going to have that again. And I don't even know if people are capable of appreciating high-quality art right now. It's, it's weird. It's like we've, we've sort of been turned into like worker bees or ants where we're just gobbling up food and entertainment as quickly as we can. And sort of like, do you realize how lucky we are? to move and breathe? And we have the Peloton apps and all these, these apps that can you know, deliver food and and make this for us and we can exercise wherever we want to go or we can exercise wherever we are. And, you know, maybe TV shows are actually better than ever. And and we just got four brand new records that are incredible that we don't have to pay for. Yeah, sure. We spend $9.99 on Spotify to get like unlimited access to all this music. But does, does anybody realize potentially how how lucky we are and how incredible the music is right now. I, I mean, I've been listening to that Smile record. Ironically, it's, it's, it's coming out 25 years, almost to the day, um, of when OK Computer from Radiohead came out. That record arguably is one of the greatest records of all time. And I lived through that record for a good year of my life. I think I remember listening to the song Let Down, I Was Back Home. And that song just sort of blew me away and carried me away and and, and emotionally helped me get through some pretty tough times. 
And then I, I got into Karma Police and then Paranoid Android. And then it's, it's like that record was a part of my life for a good year. And, and now I, I just, could you imagine a record being a part of your life for a year? It's like, is it possible for any piece of information, any piece of creativity to be in your system for more than a week or two? really happy you're listening last segment here i think i i really just sort of like jumped into this podcast at the very beginning and, and i think part of the reason why i do that is that i often listen to podcasts where and i turn them off after a few minutes people will send me some podcasts to listen to and they're just like shooting the shit talking about nothing and maybe I'm impatient. Maybe I value my time too much. Um, maybe I'm quick to, to judgment. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I, I just get frustrated when... Here's a point that's sort of random. It feels like people think their own minutia is interesting. Like, I've, I'll listen to podcasts where they'll start off just like, so how was your day? How was your week? And they'll talk about going to the grocery store, or, you know, driving here, driving there. And maybe I've done that today. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not completely objective right now as I'm in the midst of recording this. But how often do you listen to people on a podcast talking about literally nothing? But we listen to it and think that it's worth listening to. I mean, again, it's back to my original point, valuing your time, putting a price on your time. Your time is so freaking limited. This could be, imagine if we posted on social media, lived each day as if it were our last. How would that reshape our culture? Just as an aside, remember, I have a brand new book, SSAFY, Sexy Spirituals Fuck Yoga, a satire about yoga in our culture. It's available now on Amazon, although you can get a full-color autographed copy by messaging me on Instagram or visiting ssafyoga.com. New music on Spotify. I have a new song coming out in about a month also, so follow me there. But I want to talk to you about inspiration before I let you go. What inspires you. And I don't mean what quote unquote inspires you to buy something, to follow someone. What inspires you? And, and I guess technically the, the definition of inspiration, and I, I don't have it in front of me now, but I read it earlier. Well, actually, I'll get it for you. Hang on. Here we go. The definition of inspiration the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. So I really want you to think about that. When are you inspired to do something, especially something creative? I think we're all, I feel like we think we're, we're being tricked 
to think that we're doing something, but I believe the algorithms are actually turning us into zombies, into sort of these sluggish, indolent blobs. But when are you actually inspired to vacation, go somewhere? Like, we went snorkeling, and I had an amazing time. And so when we got back, you know what I was doing? I was online looking at trips to Tahiti because I was like, okay, this water by Hawaii was incredible. The water I hear near Tahiti is even more beautiful. So now I want to go there. And here's another inspirational story. I haven't played my acoustic guitar in probably five years. So I'm listening to this Ryan Adams record on the airplane to Kauai and back. I, I can't explain what it was about that album, the songs. I mean, the acoustic guitar is featured on the record from beginning to end. But listening to that record, I was inspired to pick up my acoustic guitar this last week. And I've been playing it like two hours a day over the last week. I was just listening to Michael Stipe on um, a podcast. I forgot. I think Rick Rubin's podcast. And he was talking about the, de- the depression. He was talking about the depression that he often feels after being done with a project. And, and I certainly have been feeling, you know, some darker moments. I don't want to say I've been depressed, but after finishing a book, after spending four years on it, and spending the pandemic writing a record and releasing that, I've sort of been in this precarious, um, clumsy state where I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm writing some poems. I, I'm writing a bit. I have a couple ideas for a new book. I've been messing around in the studio writing some new songs. But I, I feel like I've been searching, but... I don't know if I've really been inspired. It's almost been like this sort of disciplinary act where I've been just like, you know, keep the process going. I want my brain to sort of stay in this creative uh, space. But then I listen to Ryan Adams' record, and I don't know. I I just the the sound of that acoustic was like, oh my gosh, I got to play my guitar again. And so I spent the last week playing it, and I actually wrote like six or seven sort of like stems or general, uh, the general structure of like five or six or seven songs. And they actually have a vibe, and they sound cool and fresh, and it's actually making me feel inspired to potentially write some music that's more acoustic-based. I've been really going into the world of more electronic and drum machines and synth, and it's been great, but um, I've really been inspired, quote-unquote, to play the guitar again. And I went to the, I went to True Tone Music in Santa Monica this last weekend. I was just playing some new guitars. And I've been really thinking about that. Like, what inspires? What inspires you to to not buy something, not spend more time on your phone, unless, of course, you know, you're taking some online classes on YouTube or I don't know what online class or school, but what is inspiring you to try something new? 
Because it feels like the world just sort of wants us in this merry-go-round state where we're just doing things over and over again, not trying something new, not going anywhere new. What inspires you to get off of your ass and create what I'm not talking about inspiring, not, I'm not talking about being tricked by advertisements, by algorithms, social media posts, uh, billboards to get you to watch the new show on Netflix. What inspires you to actually try something new? Because you know something? When you're trying something new, you are growing, you're expanding. You're becoming a deeper, more three-dimensional version of yourself. And I'll tell you something about when art is great, when people like Ryan Adams are putting out a great album, when The Smile is putting out a great album, I am inspired. I am inspired by greatness. Now, sure, my my expectations of, of music may be a little higher because I'm also a musician, and I can sort of you know, hear through something that's mediocre. But when it's great, when the television shows are great, when movies are great, when art is fantastic, it inspires. It inspires other artists to create, to challenge themselves, to be better. I know I sound like I'm on a soapbox, but I have ad nauseum over the last couple of years noticed this dwindling, dumbing down of art and our culture. And I feel this shift happening. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic. I don't know because people were forced home for a year and maybe our priorities were sort of rearranged where we realized, holy shit, my life could be over tomorrow. I'm going to spend the rest of my life on things that actually matter. So, you know, maybe Tame Impala, maybe Ryan Adams, maybe Tom York, Johnny Green, where they're like, you know something? We are going to create something amazing. And when they do, when these leaders, when these creative leaders in the world create something great, it has the potential to make the world a deeper, better, more empathetic space. I'll end by just reminding you to pay attention to how much time you're spending in front of a screen on your phone. Are you numbing out? Are you listening to noise over and over again? Or are you allowing your body to either slow down, quiet down, and or potentially be inspired? I'll just let you know, the War on Drugs record, it came out about a year ago, but I just started listening to it a week ago. It's fantastic. So the latest war on drugs the latest war on drugs record is great. Ryan Adams is amazing, the new record. The new smile is great, uh, that record. Severance is a great television show. Um, the new Amy Schumer show I thought was fantastic. Some great art out there right now. So definitely oh, and there's a fantastic article in the New Yorker lately, or that just came out. It's a, it's it's about the producer who produced the Taylor Swift uh, records, but he's also in the band uh, Bleachers. The New Yorker has been a wonderful addition to my life also. The writing in there is just really eloquent and inspiring. 
I'm, I'm reading one last point here. I'm also fin- almost done reading the Flea memoir. Flea is the bass player for the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's incredible. I've always felt Flea was really smart and intellectual. Reading that book has been not only eye-opening, but it has confirmed my thoughts about Flea. I've always felt he was really bright and sensitive and and interesting and intelligent and intellectual, and, and his memoir is fantastic. Also has been really inspiring reading that. So... I will leave you with all of that. You know where to find me on social at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast on Spotify. New book, SSAFY, is on Amazon or at SSAFYoga.com. I have Dr. Gaia Wood scheduled for my podcast next. She's a psychologist, so I'm really excited to speak to her. That'll probably go live in about a week or two. I've had some incredible guests on over the last couple months. Asher Luzado, Emily Goodson. These are some great talks, so definitely go back and listen to those. And remember, if you enjoy the show, it's a huge help if you share the show with your friends. Write a review on iTunes. Give it a five star. And that's it. Really appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for listening and supporting and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast.